Hey, good morning. Welcome to church. This is our Christmas service and we're inside the church in the sanctuary uh, from the living room. So I hope you enjoyed the, the new graphic live from the living room of the church. And I'm excited. It's, it's Christmas. We're, we're here. We've had a countdown for Christmas with the kids for since like July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, pretty much since summer. <laughs> as soon as we had single digits, the kids were so excited. So we're excited for that. But <laughs> what what else um, what else is going on in church? Well, we do have a couple of announcements. We have our Christmas Eve special, and it sounds so official and legit. Um, if you want to tune in Christmas Eve at six p.m., we are gonna be just doing something special, just kind of sharing Christmas together um, mm-hmm. virtually, obviously. But uh, it's just a time to just come together as a church family and say, hey. We made it to Christmas. We're here and we're going to rejoice um, and just have a good time and just have a, a little word shared that day, that evening. Um, and so we kind of are still connected on that evening. So that'll be good. Yeah. Other than that, we just want you to enjoy your Christmas time, fully embrace what the Lord is doing and bringing. Um, and I wanted to go over our, our last Advent together, which I'm so excited about um, in Luke chapter 2, we hear about um, when Jesus is born and the wise men and the shepherds, they're all coming to visit Jesus and presenting all these lavish gifts upon him. You know, you got the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And the shepherds, I'm sure it wasn't just one shepherd. It's plural. So, I, I mean, we don't know the exact number, but we know there's more than one. And we know that, he, that they came to, to praise the Lord, to honor Jesus' birth, saying, this is the Savior of the world. And then there's a verse at the end of this story where it says, and Mary pondered all these things in her heart. And so with that, it's kind of like, it, it's like filling her, she was filling her heart. It was like a deposit of keeping in mind all these things, all these people worshiping her son, worshiping her savior, you know, because Jesus wasn't only her son, he was her savior. Um, and just filling her heart with these things of seeing we're just humble people, a carpenter and his wife. And then before them are, pres- are, are gifts presented that, you know, would be given to, to kings and royals, you know, and all of that. And then to know that she just gave birth to a baby boy who'd grow up to save the world of their sins. And she knew that in that prophecy that Jesus would have to endure just incredible pain. Um, So as a mother, I can't even imagine, begin to imagine what Mary must have been feeling, knowing all these things. She obviously didn't know the exact details of it all, but she knew in that prophecy what it said. And so to to ponder all these things in her heart, she was making deposits. She was going to hold on to all these memories through her whole life. Because come the day when Jesus is going to redeem us all, she was going to have to tap into that bank and say, this was my baby boy, the one who people presented all these lavish gifts upon. He's the savior of the world. And so she had to hold on to those things. So as we come into this season of celebrating Jesus's birth and ending a year that has been just ridiculous, (laughs) um, would you go, would you backtrack? Take a moment to backtrack and ponder all the good things, all the blessings that the Lord has given us this year. Because even though things have seemed so chaotic, there are still blessings because God is still faithful. So, so would you backtrack? Take all those things that the Lord is faithful to you in this year. Hold them in your heart 
Because you know that when hard things come, we have that bank to tap into to say, okay, but God did it and he'll do it again. You know, it, it reminds me of the, um, the song that we sing, you know, we've seen you move mountains and I know you'll do it again. So just because 2020 is coming to an end doesn't necessarily mean that life is going to get easier from here on out. So hold on to that bank of blessings, of faithfulness that the Lord has given you to be able to tap into in the future when things, you know, get a little rough and bumpy. Um, So thank you. Thank you for joining us through this Advent season, through our Christmas season, through doing church together, doing life together um, in the comments through the week. We, We appreciate that so much. And we just, we love each and every one of you. So um, would you just join me in prayer as we dive into the word this morning? And pray for our tithe and offering too. Oh, that's right. We have, uh, we'll pray, we'll be praying for tithe and offering as well. So we have a button, am I right? Right? Yeah. On Facebook. Okay. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Um, that you can click on that button and you can donate. And then it's easy. You just fill out your information real quick. It's easy peasy. And then, or you can go to lighthouse805.com, go to our giving page and give that way. Um, so thank you for your faithfulness too. Uh, we, would you join me in prayer now? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being the awesome and faithful God that you are, for, for bringing blessing into our lives in the midst of chaos. God, would we have those deposits in our hearts and would we hold on tightly to them knowing that you are always, always and forever faithful to us that though things seem so painful and so hard, we know that we have you to hold on to. We have that hope in Jesus. We have that hope in you, Lord. And so as we are preparing to celebrate Christmas and as the stress of holidays is still here, and maybe for some even more so than than other years, pray that we would still just always have you in the forefront of our minds knowing it's going to be okay because God is on my side. And so we thank you, Father. We thank you for the faithfulness. We pray that um, you would bless the gift and the givers. Lord, would, would we be so expectant to see you do such amazing thing in our lives, in our families, in our coworkers, in our communities, in our cities, Lord. And so we thank you that we have each other also to call upon and say, hey, I've, I've got you. I'm praying with you. I'm doing life with you. So we thank you for that. That's what you intended life to be like, Lord. We thank you for that. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you, have you ever seen or been the kid that gets what they need on Christmas? Not necessarily what they want, but what they need. Like, have you ever seen that, you know, open it up, the present opens, and it's like, ah, thanks, Grandma. I love these socks. You know, like, thanks for the pajamas, the, the shoes. I'll, I'll love this. And it's kind of like they sh- put it over to the side, open it up, and it's like Legos and Xbox. Like, they have everything in their mind exactly what they want. And it's the moment of when the, what they want doesn't play out and they get what they need. Because ultimately, you know, the parents know best, the grandparents know best. If they need socks, they need socks, right? It's not the ideal Christmas present, but it's what you need. And, and what I want, what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about this message, especially uh, in this sermon series, the Christmas message, the title is All I Need for Christmas. Now, I, I already know that a couple of you guys started singing All I Want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Uh, Nadine, I know you're singing it right now. David, you probably too. And Al, for sure, you're singing this and you'll probably go into Jeremiah was a bullfrog. 
But <laughs> what I want to talk about is all I need for Christmas. Okay, this is, this is the idea of what the Holy Spirit was putting on my, my heart for this message, our Christmas message, 2020. Um, it's Jesus. All I need for Christmas is Jesus. And the, the interesting thing is, depending on your age, you know, for kids, they might need socks, right? Like what we're talking about in their presence. They might need shoes. They might need whatever. But depending on your age, your wants change. So for a kid, maybe wants like an Xbox with some robe blocks and whatever, gift cards, Robux, you know, and as you change your age, you're going to want different things. Maybe you want the newest iPad. Maybe, maybe you just want family over for Christmas, right? Depending of who you are, your wants change. And a lot of times those can masquerade and be at the forefront of our mind. And what we need starts falling farther and farther back, right? So just because Maybe you're not a little kid hoping for some new toy. Doesn't mean for Christmas you want something else that maybe you want a healing. Maybe you have hurt in your heart. Maybe it's in your body. Maybe it's mental. Whatever it is that you're, you want this to happen. Like, God, please heal me. And what we really need, all we need is Jesus. Ultimately, yes, he does heal. But when we're more concerned about the gift over the giver, we need to look at the priorities. So what we need, all we need is Jesus. All we need. This, this message is, it's not addressing what you want. It's, it's addressing what you need. And uh, the, the first Christmas, humanity got what it needed. Right, Jesus. That was, that's where Christmas comes from. It's Jesus. Humanity got exactly what it needed. And the interesting thing is, even if you do a deep dive on what's, what did humanity want? Was they wanted a warrior? Some guy charging in on a, on a horse, throwing some javelins and taking out the Roman oppressive empire? They needed a king and conqueror, and they got a baby in a manger. And people are like, <laughs> um, uh, okay, uh, thanks God for this. Um, is he going to grow up really fast? Does he have superpowers right now? We need to overthrow this oppressive empire today. Herod is out hunting for you as a baby, and we need to deal with this situation. And ultimately, God knows exactly what we need. And, and he supplies our need. Jesus. And a lot of times, we, we need to make sure that we're understanding the differences between needs and wants. And so, the Holy Spirit really placed on my heart just to remind us of the one gift, right? Jesus. You're, you're going to hear the word Jesus, the name Jesus, so many times today. Jesus. Uh, I want to I want to just pray one more time that just the Holy Spirit would infiltrate your heart and open up your mind right now. Holy Spirit, come into all of our communities wherever we're at. The beauty of our church is that we supersede one location that just meets in person. We are, we are groups of tiny communities, especially today as it lays out in the middle of uh, COVID and, and we're staying home. But I pray that you would open up hearts, you would open up minds to receive this today. In your mighty name, amen. We're, we're in a sermon series entitled Change Your City, right? That's, that's the whole premise of where we're at in the middle of our sermon series, change your city. And 
the interesting thing is we're, we're hyper-focusing on the city of Capernaum, right? This is where Jesus moved into the city, Capernaum, to ultimately change the city and then change the world. And the, the definition of Capernaum, if you didn't know, is village of comfort. And I like the idea so much so that literally everyone in order to change that city had to go out of their comfort zone. The disciples had to go out of their comfort zones to see their ch- cities change. And, and likewise with you watching this or listening and, and however you hear this, this message or the sermon series, you need to move past your comfort in order to see your city changed. So with that, every, every message revolves around the city of Capernaum, whether it's a road, whether it's a, a verse, a story, something about Capernaum. Unfortunately, there's no scriptures on Christmas in Capernaum. Like that's, you can't find it. I searched, okay? And especially it's just not there. And I was, I was researching Capernaum and, and looking more and more into it. And I came across a, a historical reference from a historian. His name was Josephus, who was uh, born four years after Jesus was crucified. And he was the greatest historian of this time period and he documented everything that he walked around, saw, and everything that was happening in the early church, the locations, geography, all this. And he has an entry on Capernaum. And I, I want to read this reference. This is, this is a historian. It's, it's not a Bible verse, but we're going to go into scripture in a moment. But just as an excerpt of a historian referencing Capernaum. So check this out. So he writes, the country also that lies over against this lake hath the same name of Gehenna-Harth. I have such a hard time saying that word. Its nature is wonderful as well as its beauty. Its soil is so fruitful that all sorts of trees can grow upon it. And the inhabitants accordingly plant all sorts of trees there. For the temper of the air is so well mixed that it agrees very well with those uh, several sorts, particularly walnuts, which require the coldest air, flourish there in vast plenty. There are palm trees also, which grow best in hot air. Fig trees also, and all of olives grow near them, which yet require an air that is almost more temperate. One may call this place the ambition of nature. Listen, this is, this is when I got to this part, this is when the Holy Spirit started speaking. One may call this call this place the ambition of nature, where it forces those plants that are naturally enemies to one another to agree together. It is a happy contention of the seasons, as if every one of them laid claim to this country. For if, for it not only nourishes different sorts of autumnal fruit beyond men's expectation, but preserves them preserves them a great while. It supplies men with the principal fruits, with grapes and figs continually during 10 months of the year and the rest of the fruits as they become ripe together through the whole year. For besides the good temperature of the air, it also it is also watered from a most fertile fountain. And so I, I read that and the Holy Spirit just started speaking and it, it paralleled what was happening in Capernaum with nature and trees and, and walnuts and, and all the different things going on. And the Holy Spirit paralleled and said, do you, do you see what's happening here naturally? It's what happens in believers 
in community when I step on the scene. And all of a sudden Jesus started speaking through these and I started finding all these scriptures of how they parallel with what happens when Jesus shows up. What happens when we make Jesus the need that we have? And it it blew my mind. And so what I want to get at is, is a plant really needs three things to live, right? You have to have soil. You have to have the appropriate environment or weather, and you have to have water, right? You're not going to go up to like Antarctica and find a sunflower field just growing and, you know, maybe some tulips and all. And no, it, you have to have all three of these and a plant has to like all three of those specifically to work. Soil, environment, water. And I started thinking about those as the three things that are Jesus to us. And so breaking this down in the message entitled, All I Need for Christmas, I want to look at the gift that is Jesus. So number one, soil. The success of a plant is to remain planted in the soil that feeds it. Like the success, the fruit, everything that, that that plant can thrive on depends on remaining planted. So, Let's dive into John chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to it. Get your highlighter, your marker, your pen, whatever you got to do, open up. If you're on the Bible app, open it up. I'm reading out of New Living Translation today. So John chapter 15, 1 through 4. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Remain. That's like, that is, that's the key word here. Like how successful is a plant? If you plant it, it grows for a little bit. You take it out of soil, dust it off. And you're like, oh, where else can I plant this? Oh, let me put it over here. You know, let it grow for another couple weeks and then maybe move it over here and plant it and then put the dirt. If it keeps hopping around, it's going to fail to grow. It might even die. And, and that's the state of believers of when we have more importance on what we want over what we need. See, oh, uh, you know, let's just, let's just make it plain for a second. I, I really think that a lot of people, uh, when they don't stay planted in a community, in a church, they, they can fail to grow. It's like, oh, this, it's getting a little tough here. I'm not feeling the nutrients. I'm, uh, let me go over here. I'm not feeling here. I'm going over here. And we're expecting the church to be the soil and the nutrients instead of Jesus. And that's where we can kind of get in some tough situations. It's like, oh, I'm not being fed by the, the word, the pastor's word. Nah, you're just not being fed because you're not remaining in Jesus. Right? The church just gives touch points and pieces. Um, yeah, I, 
in, in prepping for this message, I felt that God had put a, a word on my heart for, I think it's, it might just be one individual, but if, if it encourages you to, it, you know, you can receive it also. And the Holy Spirit had a word for someone uh, out there. Um, in, the, in this verse, it rolls in remaining planted, right? Remaining in the soil, but it also talks about the father pruning right before it. And the word is this, stop confusing pruning with receiving from the, the nutrients from the soil, right? Some, someone out there has been confusing the two so that when you feel pruned, you think I'm not getting fed. No, pruning is natural. Pruning is what's supposed to happen so you can become more fruitful. See, it's, it's not that you're not getting fed. Jesus is still feeding you, but the Father has to be pruning you simultaneously. So if you're not connected to Jesus getting the nutrients and you feel pruning, it's like, ah, ah, I don't, I don't like this. I feel uncomfortable. I need to go somewhere else. I need to, oh, that spot looks better. Let me go plant myself there. Ah, ah, I'm getting pruned again. And what the Father's doing is he's implementing ways to prune you through it, through pastors, through churches, through mentors, through friends. And he's using all these different situations and environments and all these things to prune you. And you feel uncomfortable because you're not remaining planted. You're not receiving the soil. You're not receiving what Jesus has for you. And because you're not receiving it, you hate being pruned because you don't see an outcome from the pruning. So I, I want to encourage you, remain planted. Remain planted. Fruitfulness is, is coming. But how can we, how can we avoid being, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, fruitfulness is coming. But we have to go through pruning and receiving from Jesus before fruit. Everyone wants to be fruitful. Everyone wants to be successful. Everyone wants to have favor. But that's kind of like the end. The process is Jesus feeding us the, the remaining planted through good times and through bad times. The process is the Father pruning us through whatever means necessary because he wants to see the fruitfulness happen. So I want to encourage you, if, if you're not, if you're just not feeling it, you're like, I am in a dry season. I, you know, I just don't, I just need to shift. I need to move. I need to, you know, whatever you might feel you need, check first. Am I remaining in Jesus right now, today? Have I received nutrients from Jesus today? And if you can't move past that, start. This is the moment. So we're about to, to hop into our doing life together uh, moment together. And what I want to encourage you to do is if you're uh, with someone next to you in your living room, or uh, if you're on a Zoom call where you're watching this message all together, this is the moment where dialogue should happen. This is the moment where you should talk to someone. This is where discipleship happens. This is where we get to wrestle with our faith and, and work on it. And it's how we grow. So today's doing life together is this. When we are planted where Jesus wants us planted, we don't choose who or what we are next to. Just think about that for a moment. When Jesus calls you to a spot, you're called to be planted. 
you don't pick and choose what's planted next to you. Jesus does. So with that in mind, what I, what I want us to think through is, is listen to the quote one more time from Josephus. It forces those plants that are naturally enemies to one another to agree together. And so what I want you to do today is, is think about this. Reflect on John chapter 15, one through four about pruning, remaining together. And I, I want you to realize that when you're planted, you're not planted alone. You're planted next to people and resources. And sometimes those can rub you the wrong way. Sometimes you don't like it. Sometimes you don't realize that the people next to you some of your greatest benefits. And God's like, I hope they get it today. Like, I hope they understand that together, this is what's going to happen, you know? And so what I want you to do is doing life together, uh, reflect on, on the scripture uh, and really answer these questions. Are you working with or against the people or resources Jesus has given you? The, the situation you're in right now, the people that you're connected to, the community, the church community, the, the resources that, that Jesus has placed in, in your lap. You might be saying, it's not enough. And she's like, it is enough because I provided for you. So just take a moment and I, I want you to reflect on that. Are you working with or against the people or, or resources Jesus has given you? And I want you to be honest of how are you going to implement that better in your life? How can, how can you start saying, you know what, this person who I don't like, I, I see the benefits in their life. And so with that, let's just take a couple minutes and, and um, please write in the comments so we can talk about them now. And, and I'm going to kick over to Patty. It's like, it's so good. It's like food for thought and then some <laughs> to realize like even if you're happy where you are planted who are those around you that you do need to work together with to, to do life together yeah. and it's it's funny because I'm not the kind of person who um, enjoyed group projects in high school <laughs> I was always the one who was like just let me do it myself um but in life, we can't be like that, you know, and the Lord, if, if you fully trust that the Lord, you know, provides everything that you need, then you need to know that the people around you are also part of the Lord's provision for a reason. Yeah. Um, so I want to hop into the, um, the comments here and start checking this out. See what you all are. See, we got Nakia saying, I also agree that God knows divinely where to, where to plant me. Mm. I see evidence of the right mix of gifts and strengths to bring him glory as we work to serve his people. And that's so key right there. I'm going to pause right there. It's so key because where you are planted and what God is calling you to do, you will reap the benefits. Yes, but it's for a greater good. It's not just meant to be a selfish motive of like, here's where, what I'm going to do and where I'm at in life today. It's meant to work and bless those around us. Uh, being part of this lighthouse team, I can see God's divine hand in combining the right mix of gifts to serve this body of believers. So yes, that's absolutely true. Like it's very specific to our lighthouse team. 
you know, the Lord has brought in certain people. The Lord has brought you into this community too with your gifts yeah. and talents so that we can work together for the Lord's kingdom. Let's see. Jessica is saying, I think I'm working with the resources. I've been so encouraged by Sunday sermons. I made a weekly meetup with my mentor and a weekly Zoom Bible study while the kids eat dinner. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's so wonderful because you know you're getting more of that, um, uh, what's the word, like encouragement from those planted around you. And that's perfect, Jess. I thank you for sharing that. Um, so please keep on filling in those comments. We want to be able to share with each other what's going on in our lives. Let's see. I know Nathan, you commented, getting pruned isn't being cut off from the soil. Oh, that's Dang. so good. That's so good, Nathan. Yes, yes, absolutely. You're not being pulled by the roots. You're just being pruned. And sometimes that's absolutely necessary, but you're still planted, getting the nutrients that you need from the soil. So good. Thank you for sharing that. That one's like a, got to write that down and put it, put it around us somewhere just as a good reminder like we're not we're not being rooted up that's so good yeah. and if you think about it i don't know how many of you all are gardeners i had gotten a lemon tree and there's one branch that was just really wonky like just <laughs> way out um you know and i was just doing my research on how to properly care for this lemon tree and it specifically touched on making sure that the tree grows symmetrically hmm. and that meant having to prune off those branches that kind of go their own way <laughs> and it's not that it's for the health of the entire tree to be able to produce fruit properly because then the nutrients go off into this far away distant branch that really isn't serving a purpose. Yeah. Um, and it hurt my heart to have to cut off that branch because I thought it works so hard to grow. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's what it feels like. It's like, man, I thought I was doing things right and I was working so hard at this, but you didn't ask yourself, is this in the direction that the Lord wants me to grow? So with that, please, you guys, keep on putting, you guys have such wisdom going on in the comments. So please continue to do that um, as we continue to, to be in the word, you know, things pop in your head, write it down, you know, we'll, we'll get back to it too. So thank you guys for sharing. Thank you so much. All right. So we talked about soil and we talked about Jesus being connected to us right through the vine. So the, the second, uh, piece of the puzzle, if you will. So soil is the first thing that plants need. And then second, they got to have a good weather or environment. So number two, environment. Environment. This is, this is huge. Like I said earlier, you're not going to see like palm trees in Antarctica. You're not going to see, uh, you know, sunflowers in Antarctica. You, you have, they have to be appropriate to the environment. Mm -hmm. And so plants live or die based on on the environment. Uh, I want to go into uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 37 through 40. So Mark chapter 4, verse 37 through 40. This is the, the classic story about a storm comes and Jesus is sleeping down below. And I love this idea because it fully addresses what happens when we're in an environment, but we have this Savior with us. So Mark chapter four, verse uh, 37. Let's start here. Uh, again, I'm in the uh, New Living Translation today. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. 
the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Just like rest on that for a moment. Just marinate, if you will. Like crazy environment happens and they're calling out to Jesus. I mean, if you look at like the timeline of scenes, if you will, <laughs> like uh, chapters in this Bible, almost like when you're skipping through like on a, you know, on a movie, they, they were in an environment where it was easy, right? They walked around, Jesus provided, Jesus told stories, Jesus healed. And they're like, hey, this is, it's pretty easy being a disciple. Like we just get to watch everything happen and we're, we're friends of Jesus. Like, I wonder if anyone ever just kind of looked at people walking by and they're like, <laughs> we're friends. <laughs> I know the guy. <laughs> you want, you want to get healed? Come on, I'll sneak you in the back door. Like, you know, this way. Like, I think that's why I wasn't a disciple. <laughs> that's why I'm in this century, right? They knew what, like, I love this. Times are easy. The environments are easy. But then the environment got tough. And that's the moment that the disciples had the hardest time. Right? All of a sudden, when the environment shifted, the disciples panicked. And so what I want to get at today is what environment are you in where you're willing to trust Jesus? And what environment have you been in where you start panicking? And, and this is the moment where the, the message really plays in. What do, you, what do you need for Christmas? Jesus. All you need is Jesus. No matter what the environment is, you need Jesus. Good times, it's Jesus. Bad times that are horrendous, Jesus. You, you can't make it through the storm. You can't make it through your situation. You can't make it through ever, anything without Jesus. You can full on panic. Like I am, I'm the first to admit when, when t things get tough, I'm like, I go full panic for like just a hot second. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Level like, <laughs> Maybe a couple seconds and eventually. That hot second though lasts for a good while. I a was good while, <laughs> babe. At least it feels like that on this end. <laughs> and so we need Jesus. So we just talked about staying planted. Where Jesus has called you to be planted, we have to have the faith needed to survive that planting. So just, just think about this for, for a moment. The disciples got on the boat, right, from an easy season, and now they go into a hard season, a hard environment, and they're full-on panicking. The storm is raging, and they're like, we're going to die. Don't you care? Jesus, help us out. And they fail to realize that where Jesus plants you, he's in control right? Because Jesus told them to get on the boat. So Jesus is in full control. It's not like all of a sudden Jesus is like, oh, I didn't know there would be a storm tonight. What are we going to do? No, Jesus is like, <laughs> I called us to be on this boat at this time during the storm. And the thing that we need to keep in mind is when we're in a season that's tough, the same words apply uh, in verse 40. Then he asked them, 
Then he asked you, then he asked me, why are you afraid? Why are you anxious? Why are you worried? Why are, why are you trying to unplant yourself and jump into a different soil? The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where I say it's greener. And all of a sudden, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? See, when we get the gift of Jesus, what we need, we learn that we need to uh, transfer. We need to exchange our fear with faith. This is the moment of when, when Jesus shows up and, and when we truly have Jesus and we're steady and things happen and we're fearful and we're anxious and all these things are going on, we could say, you know what? You take it. <laughs> Tag, you're it, Jesus. And when we give up those things to him, cast all your fears and anxieties on the Lord, right? That's, that's, that's the, the faith springing up. That's the moment when we're like, okay, this environment doesn't look conducive to me being fruitful, but I trust the Lord has planted me here and I'm going to stick it out. And, and I hope this is encouraging to you. Love that when Jesus is our gift, we have the authority to exchange our fear for faith. One other thing that, that I, I want you to, to maybe just take away on this portion of the message is Winter always comes before spring, right? The, the plants look like they're, they're dead. It's cold. It's not a great environment, but it's immediately preceding spring where all the fruitfulness, all the life happens. So some of you might be in a storm and you feel like winter is here and you feel like everything is dead and you feel like there's no fruit to be seen. Just, just realize through your faith, you're in winter and spring is coming. Okay. All you need is Jesus. Your faith in Jesus will keep you planted even during storms. So number three, the last one. You had soil, you had environment, and now you need water. Plants have to have water in order to live. I know this. My office plant is not alive anymore. <laughs> it was, I, I'm bivocational in case you didn't know. And uh, I share uh, at the place that, we, that I work, there's cubicles and, in, and the cubicles, they're, they, they're shared, right? So two people face away and there's this little middle island and, and my coworker, uh, she had this awesome uh, succulent there and its name was uh, Char and we watered it weekly and, and now we haven't been back for like nine months. Like, I'm sad, like that plant is probably dead. So um, if coworker, if you're watching, I hope you took it home, I didn't. So hopefully it's, it's still alive. But I was thinking about this, I, even if you're planted and you're like in a perfect perfect environment. Like even that plant, right? It's planted. It's not being uprooted. There's an AC and heater that's, I think is probably still going on over there. It's at a perfect temperature day in, day out, but there is no water. It's not going to live. So I, I want us to jump into uh, John chapter four, verse 13 through 15. Go ahead and move there. This is the scripture where Jesus meets a woman at the well. John chapter four, verse 13 through 15. 
Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So context of the story. This woman is getting water in the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day, because she's trying to avoid other people. She just wants to be alone because inside she's dying. She's hurt. She did some things immorally she shouldn't have. And now everybody has been gossiping and knows her business. So she's like, you know what? I need to keep getting water. I'm going to go when no one else is around. It's a billion degrees outside right now. She's getting sunburned and she is dying inside and she's painfully hurting on the outside. And she meets Jesus. And Jesus says, <laughs> the water that you need, that you feel like you need, it's actually just what you want. You want to be isolated and you want to be alone because you don't want people talking about you and, and to you and hurting your feelings anymore. That's the undertone of this story. She wants to be left alone because she doesn't want people hurting her anymore. And then Jesus says, and can peer into her heart, her soul, her mind, whatever, and knows exactly what she needs. She needs an everlasting source of life that will transform the deadness inside to life and life abundant. And then the irony of this whole story is she goes from trying to hide from everyone because she doesn't want to see anyone to running and finding everyone to tell them about her story. Like it's completely night and day for this woman. And the only difference was that she got what she needed, not what she wanted. Jesus supplied and transformed everything in her to be an abundance of life. And because of that, she did a 180, a complete U-turn, a completely changed around from avoiding people to hunting people down to say, I need to tell you about Jesus. You need to come find this guy. He knows about me. He knows about all the immoral things I did and he transformed my life and, and you need to be here. Your source of life is Jesus. Uh, the, the thing that I'm hoping you get today is, is we can't confuse our, our wants with our needs. Our wants are all the things like, man, I, I wish this would happen, or I want this to happen, or I want to see this person. I want to, all the wants in all the world, right? For her, it was, I would just want to be alone. But in reality, we can't confuse that with what we need. We need Jesus, and he'll take care of the rest. He'll do it. I, I just, I, that's one of my favorite stories of the Bible. Just the woman of, of what Jesus does internally in her and just her, her quick pivot and who she becomes. And so as, as this Christmas message, as, 
as we're celebrating the birth of Jesus and, and who he is and him growing up in his ministry, dying on the cross, raising again, and, and all encompassing. We're celebrating Jesus, right? That's, that's it. This is the season for Jesus. It is reflecting on what we need and God provided exactly what we need. And, and it's for us right now. So as we go into our, our next steps, here's what I want to, <clears throat> here's what I want to talk about. First off, make sure you get the gift you need. It's Jesus. Right? Like that's step one. Like we can't go into the more parts of the next steps unless you just make sure bare minimum, you got Jesus. If you're saying to yourself, you know what? I don't know if I am planted. You know, I don't know if my inside feels like a living spring of source like this woman felt. If that's you right now, I want to encourage you, message us on Facebook, on YouTube, send an email to info at lighthouse805.com and we would love to pray with you, talk with you, answer any questions you might have. You can ask anything, please. We would love to just spend time with you and, and just talk. And so you can experience Jesus like we experience Jesus. That's, that's the first part. But the next steps, your next step is, is more about what are you giving, right? What's the old saying? It's, it, it's not about what you get. It's about what you give. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm all, my, I always get sayings like just a little bit off, but it's not about what you get. It's about what you give. So with that, we understand what we're getting. It's, it's Jesus. But we need to really, your next steps is, what are you giving? The, the quote, one more time from Josephus, the inhabitants accordingly plant all sorts of trees there. I love this. The, the reason why all these plant, plants and fruits and walnuts and all the other things that he historically references, they're all flourishing. And astoundingly, they're in different environments, but they're flourishing right here. And the reason, did you, did you catch it? The inhabitants accordingly plant all sorts of trees there. The only reason all of those unique plants and fruits and trees are growing is because someone else is planting the seed. I love that. What, what's the gift that you're giving? What's the seed that you're planting? Are you planting the seed of joy, of peace, of comfort, of, of what? What is your seed that you're planting, right? Because those seeds, when planted appropriately, flourish and allow others to experience Jesus. So your next steps this week, as, as we hit Christmas and we have our Christmas Eve service together, I want you to really just dwell and almost become obsessed on what's the gift that I'm giving, you know, I got the gift of Jesus, but what, what am, what's the, how am I going to give Jesus? What is my gift? What is my seed that I'm planting? Oh, so-and-so, they, they seem like they're always stressed out. I'm going to give them the seed of peace. Oh, so-and-so, they're, they're hungry. I'm going to give them the, the, the seed of security. I'm going to say, I'm going to bless you, but really I'm blessing you because Jesus was able to bless me. Right, what, what seeds are you planting? That's your next step. 
this week is I want you to pray through the seeds. And, and ultimately, yes, that's another facet of change your city and your city will be changed because you are willing to plant the next steps, the seeds that are needed for people to find Jesus. Patty, is there anything you want to add and then can you pray for us? Well, what I love about that is that if you look at seeds, they're teeny tiny. <laughs> the Lord isn't asking us to do these grand gestures of, you know, oh, that's good. giving thousands of dollars or whatever. If you're able to, awesome. The Lord has blessed you to do that and has called you to do that. But really what he's asking is those those little things. It's the little daily things that make such an impact in life, you yeah. know, out of that tiny, tiny seed. And it's no wonder the Lord says, you know, like he compares our faith to a mustard seed. If you see a mustard seed, um, I mean, you would never even imagine like what could grow out of that. And yet mustard plants, I think I read are some of the hardest to get rid of when they get out of control. They just keep growing <laughs> and going everywhere. You know, out of this tiny seed. So can you imagine if we're planting those tiny seeds everywhere? just sprinkling them out there, you know, what can that grow into, you know, and, and the Lord doesn't necessarily call you to do the seeding and the watering and the harvest. No, no, you plant that seed and whether the Lord calls you to water it awesome or not, but he might call somebody else to do the watering and mm. somebody else to do the pruning, you know, and so it, it all works out. So whatever the Lord calls you to do and whatever seeds he calls you to plant, do it. And, and just watch what the Lord's going to grow out of that. It's so, so good. Yeah. Ready? We can pray together now. <laughs> <laughs> so would you just pray with me as we go into a time of worship, a time of coming before the Lord and saying, God, here's my all. Here is my heart's expression. It's an outward expression of what my heart is, is feeling right now. Um, that's just the beauty of worship. We can come before him in the exact um, wherever you're at in life today, this very moment, you can come before the throne. There are no prerequisites. There are no qualifications, nothing. You just come before the Lord. And I love that about that. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that as your, as, as the word promises, as you have promised us, it goes forth and it never comes back void. And so I thank you for that promise because that means that our lives are going to be full. They're going to be blessed. And your word promises that it's to an abundance, Father. And so I pray that in that, in our abundance, would we be so ready to share that with others? We thank you, Lord. We, we come before your throne with humble hearts, Lord, ready to just praise your name and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the God of all of who we are. And we thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus, to be our savior, to be our Lord, to have something to hold on to, to be our hope, to be our peace and our joy and our comfort. God, to be, to fill all those voids that we have in our lives. Jesus is the perfect shape for each and every one of those. So we thank you for that. Lord, we come before your throne, ready to just express how much we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship.
Those are the two things we need. Those are the next steps for us. One, accept the gift that is Jesus. And if you haven't had a chance to do that, do that. That gift is huge. That's going to empower you to do the next thing, which is to give the gift of Jesus to someone. Not just salvation, but the fruit of who he is in our life. Like I said, love, joy, peace, kindness, all those things. Those are the fruits that we need to be giving. That's why I'm praying for all of you. Take those gifts and give them. Everyone loves to give gifts such a great thing to experience when you see someone receiving something with joy so give those gifts we're encouraging you 
just a reminder, we are having a Christmas Eve service. So if you're able to meet with us 6 o'clock p.m. live on Christmas Eve, please join us on that. Be comfortable in your pajamas, snuggle up by the couch or next to your Christmas tree. We'd love to see you with us. But that's all we have for today. Merry Christmas, everyone. And we'll see you soon.